Welcome to season three of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Lee, leadership and relationship coach by day, comedian and writer by night. I'm on a mission to host 100 million witty and wise conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world lives in relationship to each other. It's time to start connecting our left and right brain to our loving hearts and begin listening to what they have to say. The brain will want to continue on the path previously traveled. It feels safe there. The heart sometimes barely has a path to follow, allowing passion and purpose to dictate the way. Get ready to disrupt business as usual in your brain and get ready to start following your heart. Listen, it's calling for you. My heart is always calling for me to dance in conversation, to feel the rhythm and vibrations, the ebbs and flows as we exchange energies, wit, and wisdom. My brain is interjecting really quickly to invite you to check out owlprofessionalcoaching.com backslash podcasts for more episodes and to head over to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and write us a quick review. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Owl Professional Coaching or at Outstanding Women Leaders. Today, we have four rules to guide our conversation inspired by Coactive Training Institute, where today's guest also attended. Uh, these create space for powerful connection and authenticity. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, my favorite, everything is included. Background noise, kids walking in, phones ringing. We do not edit here. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen. You will be heard. There is space for you here. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask our guests three questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. If you haven't, you don't want to miss them. But enough about me. Today's guest is Andrew, Andrea Flishflister. Oh, man, I got so excited. <laughs> Andrea Flishflister. Man, that was really hard. Born in one of the most multicultural cities in the south of Brazil. Oh, I didn't ask you how to say this. Tell us what city. Curitiba. <laughs> that one. She was exposed here to the strength and beauty of diversity from a young age. It ignited a fire in her to connect with and learn as much as possible about different people, their languages, their traditions, and gifts. Andrea's love of culture led her to Milan, Italy for 12 years before moving to the States, Michigan to be exact, where she currently resides. With 20 years living abroad and more than 10 years as HR professional, Andrea is a highly trained executive and leadership coach who supports leaders and organizations to become more effective through enhancing their leadership skills, cross-cultural awareness, and unconscious bias. Andrea is the founder of Destination U Coaching, supporting global leaders around the world. Welcome, Andrea. I did not expect to mess up your first name, let alone... <laughs> I have a little anxiety about it. Um, I, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I'm excited to talk all about the unconscious bias and diversity, inclusion, and the unique perspective that you bring. So let's just jump in. Yes, thank you, first of all, for having me here. And this beautiful introduction about you, wow, gives me, already gave me goosebumps. So I'm ready to, to share. Yes. <laughs> so unconscious bias, I, um, I have been in a lot of diverse environments and now like getting into coaching and neuroscience and really understanding where our brains are at. 
what are you doing in the work of unconscious bias to help us shine some light? Yeah, it's so interesting how everything uh, starts to forming and going in a flow in some in different ways. And I say this because I, as I share with you in our previous conversation, my work started now as uh, global leaders working with people with uh, different cultures is with uh, not because of my personal experience living in three different countries and was also part of my personal story in uh, I when you move to a new country when you are a foreigner in a new country sometimes people see you as let's say in my case the Brazilian girl or the Brazilian and create this stereotype or associate you with something else. And of course, long story short, uh, long story short with uh, so many events that we all know that happen. And nowadays we are really talk uh, in organizations, in leadership about uh, strong diverse inclusion in equity, in uh, unconscious bias. And when we talk about cultures, we talk about yes, as international cultures in, this could be, of course, countries around the world, uh, expatriates, community, global leaders. And we also talk about what we call the domestic, domestic cultures, which is cultures inside of the, in the country, now in the same society. So this could be difference of races, ethnicities, genders, generations, and so on. So this topic of uh, diversity and inclusion, unconscious bias, really are on the top of my heart because when we talk about bias, there are what we say the explicit bias and the implicit or the unconscious. So of course the explicit is uh, what we we point the finger and say, no, are women are too sensible to be in high positions, right? When people say like this, it's being very explicit in what they are their bias about women in high position. But the unconscious bias is actually what uh, people think they are not, they, oh, I don't have it or I never thought. But unconsciously, as you know, also working with uh, you as experts now in the neuroscience, is what we, we all have. So the first step, the really the first for all of us human beings from all age, even those people who are really experts are the awareness. Yeah, I love that you say that because I Maya Angelou uh, talked about, no, was it Toni Morrison? I think maybe it was Toni Morrison about remembering when she 
when people find out you're black, remembering when as a white person, like when did you realize you were white? Yeah. To me, that's exactly what you're talking about. And for my, my me growing up, I didn't realize it until I taught in the South side of Chicago. And now I'm white and no one else in the room is. And it was that moment of really no, wow. Like, and to understand that our brains are designed this way (laughs) and that it's not a character flaw. I think so on that. So often we think if I have an unconscious bias that I need to stomp it out or something wrong with me, we're no, you're aware of it. Your brain is, so now it's no longer unconscious and you can do something about it, but our brains are very much designed to, to live in this land. Yes. Yes. I love this concept, like even going to the brain thought at the brain, the neuroscience topic, how we have um, as human beings, this, um, intuitive, intuitive thinking and the rational thinking. The intuitive is the fast, is the emotional, is the automatic, is, is now what comes immediately. And the rational is the conscious that takes time, that we need to take that step back and observe you now and be aware of. So in terms of bias and conscious bias, when we say that we all have bias because we were, as you said, born raised in a family, in a society, in a community, the way we will grow up and all the stories depending independently your race, ethnicity or culture or where you, you live. But uh, uh, the the conscious come when you take this step back and you start to observe knowing more in the rational thinking. What does that mean when I think in this way? Now, what is what is behind that thought? What is what is the this unconscious bias that uh, I'm um, that I'm having here right now? Uh, there is a beautiful talk, TED talk of Bernie Myers. Now she's a, a fantastic um, advocate from you now for diversity uh, and inclusion. And she was sharing a story that there was uh, she's a American beautiful woman, and she just you now finished a presentation. She was with a friend. Uh, with, I believe, I don't want to say the, the wrong story here, is also Afro-American. And well, where we are going, what's like, what are we going to eat something after the presentation? And she saw a black man and she said immediately, oh, there is a black man there. Let's ask him where it's a good place to go. And her colleague, her friend had uh, the completely opposite uh, um, intuitive thinking, let's say, for her, oh, here's a black man, let's not ask him, I don't know, whatever she thought, she just said that it was opposite. And this, her friend, kind of like feel the sense of giddy, oh my goodness, what I'm thinking, I just did a presentation, I'm the expert in this, 
And I'm having the bias that I'm telling people to not, to don't do it that I'm doing. Long story short, it's to all of us. We all have, and we all need to become more conscious to bring a world, a society with more humanity, more empathy and compassion to each other. Mm, I love that. And, and I think in America, particularly, we think that this unconscious bias is just about black and white. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. And we are a global world, which is what I love about your destination, <laughs> you. Um, you, know, you know, because we're a global world, we're not even aware, I think, of sometimes the, the unconscious bias that we might have from people from other countries. Like we're so hyper-focused in the United States about the bias about uh, each other that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a global world, we're so interconnected. So the bias that um, you know engineers have in India that are working with uh, Americans here that are working with people in Asia, like their bias also, it's all in there. We're, yeah. and, what I hear from people is so interesting is that the, the dominant culture, so you can be in America, but if the dominant culture in your office isn't American, you're going to see different bi- unconscious bias. Yeah. So how are you supporting all of these global leaders in, in this way? Because it's a heavy work. It is. It's a, it's a heavy work, but it's also fascinating. And uh, Asking, being very direct with your question, how I'm supporting them is bringing exactly this, the humanity in the workplace. So I remember situations like, of course, when we talk about differences of cultures, international cultures, so how would we like to work? Uh, as you said, I'm an American and I have a global team. It's very common now in the virtual world. So I have a team who is based in Europe, uh, uh, South America, Asia, or I have an America, but I'm working in a Japanese company, tech company, or my boss, or so many situations like this. And uh, again, the first step, uh, we stay in the cross-culture, but we just understand our own culture when we are connect, when we live in another culture, when we connect with someone from another culture, because culture, there is so many definitions about culture, but cultures, I love saying that is all unwritten rules that are passed to generation to generation. It's about the way you think, you do things in our daily basis. So when we, all human beings all around the world, we live, we do things in certain way because this is the way it is in our culture. We think that this is the right way. When we are connecting, engaging, working, collaborating, living with, with someone from a different culture, we start to, wait a minute, there is another way to do this or observing, or even judging, doesn't matter, but just being aware that, okay, this is my way, and then there is another way. So the first step, as again, is the awareness, bringing this, like this cultural awareness and understanding, 
let's a simple example here, communication styles. So Americans, we say, and other Anglo-Saxon uh, cultures, uh, they have a direct communication style. So it's very direct means direct to the point, uh, short sentence, I say what I need to say, and this is it. Other cultures, for example, Asian, Middle East, uh, Latinos, are indirect communication styles. The indirect communication is more sophisticated, let's say, which means I use more words to communicate and the meaning is in between the lines. So simple things like uh, that I, I hear from my leaders and clients, I'm, why this person wrote me an email, sent me an email with three paragraphs there, what they want to say, it was really in the end, right? And in the other words, in the other side, the indirect communication culture think that the direct is so rude, so direct. He, he didn't say even hi, they just say do this, da, 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 da. So understanding that uh, one, it's not um, personal, it's not about you, understanding the cultural differences, that there is no right or wrong, but it is differences. Mm -hmm. When I think of, since you're talking, what I think of is um, the stickler. <laughs> I think of the stickler at work and how hard that is when you really believe that this is how something should be done. Yeah. And this is how you could communicate. And so that stickler comes in and says, well, no, but this is how we do things around here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hard to imagine it the other way. Or I think of, um, even the unconscious bias, like people, I, I hear a lot of people talk about the bias that men have. I work, I know some women that are in male dominated industries. And so a lot of times the, the bias that the woman has is that the man is biased against her because she's a woman. <laughs> and so like, it's like working both ways. And so you talk about the awareness starting within yourself. Can you tell us more about how you can shine that light for yourself so that you can then get into relationship and share humanity with that person. Yes, I love this topic, especially women, women in leadership. This is was since the beginning my first passion uh, when starting my coaching uh, journey. And um, when you talk about uh, bringing the humanity on these topics, they are so in alignment. And even here in women, what happened with us, uh, and there is an amazing book uh, who talks about this, it's called Anatomy of Peace for our Virgin Institute. And, uh, it was one of the books in my CTI leadership training journey. And he mentioned, they mentioned how we as women beings, we put our, ourselves and others in boxes, of course, it's analogy. So this could be even random, we see someone in the street or it could be even my partner or myself that with, we created this thought, oh, I think, uh, 
she's better than me because oh, I think she's a whatever situation that you put someone else in this better than box. And of course you are putting yourself in this less than box. And vice versa, sometimes we also think, put ourselves in the best, better than unconsciously as well. I'm a manager, so I know more or whatever it is. I'm the mom or whatever is the, the situation that it's unconsciously, unconscious again. And what this book said, it was a big life lesson for me. And I shared this with clients, especially when I work with conflicts or women etc that we need to get out our own boxes yeah so see ourselves and the other like this as we call as the same level and this the coaching bring you know they are co coactive coaching bring this so beautifully how if we look this eye to eyes that yes this is me my strengths, my skills, my values, my purpose, me, my authentic self. And this is you. With your values, purpose, strengths, skills, etc., etc. And together we can co-create. Understanding the differences, no? but seeing the other as equal. So when you mentioned about the bias as for women, this First step is really seeing this, that uh, sometimes women can have this idea and we understand because of the society how they say to themselves, I need to be tough, I need to be strong, I need to be, no, and creating how Brene Brown says, these armors, these shields to protect themselves, to be vulnerable. And some women that hold themselves back in, oh, I'm not good enough, or all these uh, imposter syndrome thoughts. So when we get out of our box, we start to see in our own strengths, our everything that we can give and see now how this partnership, this collaboration, this co-creation can happen in a beautiful way. Uh, I love that you say getting out of your own box, because for me, when I talk about that moment of realizing I was white, um, that for me was stepping out of a box and, um, and really, and you get to, when you're not in a box, you can see more. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. You have, it's, it's um, in a box, you're limited at how far you can go geography wise to look, <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to get really metaphorical here. Yes. Right. If you get outside the box, you can wander in all kinds of different directions. And um, and in the United States, it feels very much like you're living in a box, depending on where you're at in the United States. It may not be very diverse. And you may very, I mean, I was, I grew up in a small town mm -hmm. in Illinois. So, you know, similar to Michigan, yeah. <laughs> small Midwest state. I know. How and so yeah, how so how do you help people get out of their box? How do you help them really step back in a way that doesn't turn their bias, unconscious bias up so hard that it says, <laughs> no, you're wrong? Yes. And uh, it's interesting that you said that because 
with my experience, like uh, working with women, working with leaders and executives. So there are some limited beliefs that we believe, I, I totally believe that there is no gender or differences here because we are all human beings, one more than others. And um, that this, is, this could happen with everyone. So it's really what happened with us, again, as human beings, because we are born and raised in a family, in a culture, in a society, we create some patterns. And these patterns continue to repeat over and over and over again. These behaviors patterns, and I now humbly call emotional patterns as well. So something happened over there in your childhood, your family, first teacher, first boyfriend, whatever it is, that creates with you this emotion, this feeling that I'm not good enough, that I'm not uh, whatever is the, the thoughts that you create in your head. And the situations can happen, now different situations, life goes by, you now you grow up, you work, uh, you are an adult now, but for some reason here again, unconsciously, this same feeling happened over and over again. An example, uh, one of my clients, he's a Brazilian working here in the United States. And he, even though everybody said that he's uh, amazing what he does, he, he, he can, every time that he said that he talks with his boss or his colleagues, he, he, is, he feels that he's shy. He's not uh, comfortable talking with that person. And long story short, he said, because he said, since I was a kid, my dad told me that I need to respect uh, the elders respect uh, this simple parenting education, but for him, this was so strong that it's impacting in his leadership. So the transformation happened when we really think, imagine this, this pattern and we need to break this pattern. And in order to break this pattern, first we need to recognize what is holding you back over there. And even like Brené Brown says, what's my new story? What's the new story that I want to tell myself? And it needs, this new story just can happen, let's say, I don't like the word just, but this new story can happen when you know yourself. So again, we are again the self-awareness, knowing who you are, your authentic self, being vulnerable, understanding your values, strengths, uh, purpose, etc. So yeah, I always tell people I'm in the business of telling people they're wrong, um, <laughs> and I'm also in the business of being wrong because <laughs> if I'm wrong, that's still just as powerful as if I was right. Uh, and that's really what it is. It's helping people say, well, what if I'm not, what if that's wrong? Yeah. I 
love that. I'm, I'm curious when you think when you were first living in Italy, what was what was so hard about that for you, living in a land of unconscious bias? Oh, that's a great question. Of course, I was younger, um, and uh, the feeling was at that time. I have to be here. I have to survive. And I really created this survival mode, which is that I need to become like them. So I, um, of course, again, we are again in unconscious, but without it realizing I became one of them in order to try to adapt or be uh, seen inside of that uh, culture that uh, I want people to say, you belong here. So I need to kind of like uh, wear this mask, use this mask. And I remember situation one time that even my parents said, we don't recognize, but not recognize the accepting, but they are looking how I was acting differently, speaking differently, behaving, uh, really forgotten who I was. And for me, I was an Italian person. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, for the Italian people, like... Uh, Oh, always beautiful, but uh, I didn't realize that I, I forgot at that time my authentic self, my identity, my sense of true belonging. And I just realized that after I moved to US and after a few months a year, I really have a breakdown, like really kind of when you feel that you don't have a, now you are, you, you don't know even know who you are. Like I was saying to myself, like, where do I belong? Which language I speak? Where's my identity? And, uh, and my coaching journey, actually, I discovered coaching because I work with a coach for myself helped me to understand this, who I was. And of course, I've been abroad for 20 years. And as I say, I'm, I consider myself a global citizen because after 20 years, even I was in Brazil, like I love my country, I love my culture. But of course, when you are a long-term expat, you integrate a lot of this culture to yourself. But finding my true self is really helped me to understand who I am and what are these cultures present in my life. So since the beginning, uh, when I was uh, working with expats, community, or leaders, and even in the topic of diversity and inclusion, 
my main purpose is to help people to be who they are wherever they live or work. And finding this true belonging, there is also a beautiful quote from Bernie Brown that she says, true belonging is about being who you are and not changing who you are. Uh, so this is, was the, now my, my journey in Italy and to integrate uh, losing my identity and then finding myself there. Mm. And I love that you are now identify as this global citizen because, you know, I think that this idea of identity being so tied and so fixed is, uh-huh. is what keeps us in that box. Yes. And I understand that when I see someone that that's an identity that they probably hold for themselves. I, right. I can make that assumption that that's how you identify. And I can understand that, but, um, I really resonate with feeling like you had to change yourself to fit into that identity just by moving downstate Illinois, mm-hmm. leaving Chicago after seven years and moving to, um, a culture that was different. And when I first got there, I knew it was different. And I was like, and everyone, all my friends were like, you're going to put your own stamp on it and it's going to be great. And I did that for a little while. And you do feel that lack of belonging when you realize my culture, because at that point, my culture was not my culture, but not my identity, but my experience was North teaching on the North side of Chicago. There were 20, over 28 countries represented teaching on the South side of Chicago where it's segregation and it's all African-American. And so coming to a 98% white town, um, so five hours from <laughs> my major city felt culturally very different as I imagine you might feel in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Going out on a limb there. <laughs> Yes, yes, but again, um, it's all, all perspective, right? I think uh, as we are saying, the, um, yes, uh, in each culture, each city, each place, now we can now to say in the same words that we are saying, being on your box, on your bubble, whatever you want to say. Uh, I experienced that when I went to Brazil this holiday and observing people like seeing, oh my goodness, they are really biases or they are really in their bubble, no whatever situation. And now we, um, we now have this amazing technology. We are talking and people are working globally and connecting globally. And you can be US, Brazil, China, India, Italy, Germany, whatever, it connects with people all around the world. So the technology is here to give us this opportunity. We, of course, we need to use wisely in a good way, but um, yes, opportunities, there are opportunities to explore. Yeah, my my friends also noticed that my I was changing. They're like, who are you? Like when I got, to, when I got divorced, they were like, we didn't really like that about you. We miss the old you. Um, and 
And that was a box I chose to put myself in without knowing that I was choosing to put myself in that box. I worked with a life coach like you did as well. And, um, and it went a little bit differently for me and my path, but it, we do put ourselves there. And as soon as we realize that we have the power to pick up the pen and mm-hmm. rewrite the story, um, for how we, yeah. And at the end of hum- like humanity is this, uh, this love, right? We yes. have this infinite ability to create love. That is our connection. There's this idea of an identity being tied to the culture and how people see you or how you want to see yourself. Um, yes. And what I love about your story as well, and what you said, and Brene Brown says this as well, to don't deny our own stories. We need to own our own stories because the challenges like uh, now that happened with your divorce, you moving for me was living in, in a different cultures and other people would be other stories that is beautiful. But this, what makes us now here sharing these stories and supporting other people. So Brene Brown says, not owning our stories is the bravest thing that we can do because there is the power here in who we became, who we are becoming, not with these stories. And every single culture has a past of shared storytelling before we, right? That's how we passed on information for generations before we had formal schools. It was storytelling. And so there's no cult, there's cultural differences in how you share the story, but at the heart of it is the same exact thing. We see the, the story is what pulls people into that humanity. Exactly. Exactly. I really believe that women in executive coaching and leadership positions, like we are here to help the world uh, wake up. Yes, yes. And saying to women and all people that they are block. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's our, I do feel like that's our work as women, <laughs> right? Is, is we've been so much fighting. We have this amazing gift. Our brains have a different capacity. It's a larger capacity. Our emotional brains are bigger. Our intuition is stronger. And what a gift to share with humanity uh, to help them step out of the box and write mm-hmm. a beautiful story. Exactly, exactly. Owning what we, who we are. That's, yeah. that's the, the beauty. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about who you are. <laughs> but before we do that, uh, where can people connect with you and find you? Yes, thank you. I'm so my, I'm on social media as well you can find me on linkedin with my name andrew Fischwesser. uh facebook also using my name uh instagram andrea.destination you coaching uh, my website is www.destinationyoucoaching.com um yes Okay, social media website, email, yeah, Andrea at 
And for my questions, I always ask at the end so people can get a little, know a little bit more about who you are. What is your superpower? Oh, beautiful. Be empathy. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. What's your purpose? Leading people to the inner power so they can live a fulfilled life. Mm. And metaphorically speaking, CTI speaking, I am the wave of the ocean who lead people to their inner power to live a fulfilling life. Since 2014, <laughs> didn't change. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love that you mentioned the date because I think part of that waking up so I didn't just wake up one day because I realized I was white. Like there was a lot more work to do than that. Waking up also is knowing what your life purpose is yeah. and knowing that you're following it. So as you sit here in your superpower of empathy and your life purpose, what's next? Beautiful question. I have two projects coming. Uh, one is called the Belong Belonging Project Global Conversation. Yeah, so it will be interviews like you were doing with me. I will interview people again in the global leaders, in the cross-cultural people in the diversity community. Uh, and uh, um, um, in the with topics also related with mental health in the working place. And the idea is understanding what is this belonging means to each one of us and how these amazing people um, overcame uh, or strategy or share their stories and about finding their belonging. So this is the, the belonging project is coming up soon. And then what is next is also the book about belongings that will be part of the project. So um, as most people, I had always this idea to one day I will write a book. <laughs> And this is coming, it's forming. And uh, I knew that this, I didn't want a book about myself. I want a, a book about people's stories, of course, including mine, but I want to share the, um, the stories of people about uh, belonging, finding their own belonging. I can't wait to read it. I love the belonging <laughs> project. Um, Thank you. You'll, we are all alive, therefore we belong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I'm going to give you the last word as well. So not just the questions I want, but what, anything else that you want to leave our audience with today? Wow, it, this is, was so fun, so powerful, so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Such a rich conversation. And... My gift to the people who are listening to us is to 
put the empathy lenses in you, see yourself in other people's shoes and look to others as we all are women's beings. So just, just bring that some food for thought, how the world would be like if we see the human beings and the stories behind each one of us. So well put. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, it was wonderful. Thank you so much.